Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on Thursday, September 13th, ahead of the LA Galaxy's Saturday game, Saturday, September 15th game against Toronto FC. Uh, the team already traveling, getting there early, um, so it'll be interesting to see how Saturday comes around. We have a bunch to talk about with that game, and of course, still wrapping up the mess that is the Siggy Schmidt departure. Uh, a lot more insight into that and, and a lot more talk, so we're going to have a bunch of fun for the next 60 minutes. We hope everybody's uh, settled in. And of course, to help me along in this uh, next 60 minutes of LA Galaxy talk is the one, the only, the Portuguese hammer himself. In fact, he has a shirt on that names himself. It is Mr. Eric Vieira. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. I'm glad to be here. You know, I, whenever you say 60 minutes, I always worry, are we going to be able to fill 60 minutes? And something crazy always happens during the week that can very easily fill 60 minutes. So I'm glad to be here for the Siggy Schmidt Memorial uh, In Memoriam podcast. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit. I know uh, Riot Squad cast did a little uh, In Memoriam there for, for Siggy Schmidt. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Well, so, perfect. Yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's all there. Um, so uh, we're glad everybody could join us. I know some people throw it up on televisions uh, to watch oh, wow. this show. Uh, John, who's down in Orange County, who's a, who's a good friend of the show, says, Josh, your head looks huge on the 65-inch TV. <laughs> uh, that's real good, John, especially on the same week somebody called me a balding clown Perfect. so I, I appreciate that so hopefully the hairline is is still hanging in there for a I think little we, bit we translate well in hd do you think yeah i think so you think we have i'm gonna give us some credit we here. have the personality we have here the faces face for podcasting is what i've been i've been told that before i, I imagine yes you <laughs> do. I, I think we do i mean geez uh, at least your beard is semi like consistent mine's patchy almost anyway we have lots Welcome of stuff. Welcome to Beard Talk. I was, I was, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's, it sounds like it's tool time with yeah. Tim Taylor. Uh, we're going to talk about beards. Um, no, uh, so anyway, we have a lot of stuff coming up this week. I would like to remind everybody right off the bat um, that, of course, we do have the mini golf tournament coming up. Uh, mini golf tournament coming up on uh, this Sunday. So LA Galaxy will, of course, as I screw everything up, uh, the LA Galaxy uh, will play on Saturday, and then uh, Panda and Pato go mini golfing happens on Sunday, and 11 11 a.m. tea time. Uh, maybe get there a couple minutes early. I have no idea how many people are coming. Uh, if it's more than like 20, I have a feeling you're it'll gonna, be a bit of a cluster. You're, you're going to bum rush Camelot? They, yeah. They don't know what's coming? No, they have no idea. Oh, that's awesome. I that decide, makes it even better. I decided not to call them because I was like, they have golf courses. We don't need anything special. We're not going there. Like, we don't need a party. Yeah. There's no balloons. There's you're no not bringing an ice cream cake? No, no ice cream cake. Don't need to store <laughs> it in the freezer. Um, so no, I think we're good. So so we're going. We're going to go Exciting. there. And, it sounds like it. a good time. I know when, when I first heard about it, I, I let you know I'm, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going. Yeah, yeah. And I checked my calendar and I said I'm definitely, definitely not, not going. Yeah, you yeah. definitely can't go. Yeah, you're so I'm gonna claim uh, you know muscle tightness, hamstring tightness. All right, Gio. unable, uh, unable, um, easy. unable to go to the golf tournament. But have fun. It sounds like a great time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I saw. I remember the text messages. It's like, <laughs> oh, I can't go. My wife said no. And <laughs> that, that is that, not what that happened. is. Yeah, I'm already going to some music concert, <laughs> going to a music festival, festival yeah, down in Del Mar. Yeah. Del Mar. It should be a good time. 
Anyway, uh, LA Galaxy, uh, lots of turmoil here in the last couple of days. Eric, I'll, I'll let you just start off. We, I, They have heard some of the stuff that Kevin and I put out Monday. I will tell you that since Monday, we have gathered more information, um, and I will have some stronger opinions on exactly where all this lies. But, I mean, your thoughts on the timing, uh, your thoughts on the general message that you saw. What are the optics telling you about Siggy Schmidt and, and really what happened here with the LA Galaxy? So... I have mixed mixed emotions about this because I've never been a guy who's 100% been in Siggy's corner. Um, he's someone who I've questioned tactics at times and someone who I just, I, I felt like I was trying to talk myself uh, into Siggy, you know, over on uh, Guys in Shorts, uh, the other podcast that I do. I kind of compared <laughs> uh, Siggy to Colton or... Uh, yeah, Siggy Tratia from Bachelor in Paradise and the LA Galaxy were Colton. So if we lost people with beard talk, we're really going to lose them with Bachelor in Paradise. Say right, right over their heads. <laughs> it's not gonna but basically, yeah. you know, trying to talk ourselves into it, but it just wasn't there. So uh, um, to me, I didn't feel like, you know, losing Siggy Schmidt. I didn't think he was a long-term solution, but I think the hard reset, and we've ha- I've had this discussion, if there was going to be a hard reset, it was going to be after 2019 uh, when he's had his years to at least have an opportunity to make his plan work. And it doesn't doesn't seem like that he had that opportunity. So, um, so that's why I'm mixed emotions on it. I, I don't think Siggy was the guy to blame, but it looks like he definitely got scapegoated here. Um, and the reason why I say that is it doesn't seem to pass the sniff test either. Either uh, when when it says he resigned, and and you, I listened to the press conference, and it says, you know, it was mutual agreement, and you know who. And I think Jeff Carlisle had an article today. It said, uh, you know, who asked who, and he says, well, they can answer that. That tells you that someone came to someone first, and it doesn't sound like it was Siggy. Um, but initially, my first reaction when I heard it was, Siggy, this may be frustration. And he finally said, I'm fed up with the way things are going and I'm walking out the door. Um, so it just didn't seem like it was what <laughs> the way it was presented. It seems like there was a little bit of spin going on. So so right now I'm, I'm living in two worlds because part of me not thinking that Siggy is the long-term solution thinks, okay, we can you know restart a little sooner than maybe we anticipated and get going with a new coach and a new vision on where this club is going. Uh, but the other part of me says, you're, you're hard resetting with six games left in a regular season and then with three DPs under contract through all of next season. So whoever you bring in isn't going to really gonna be able to execute their vision either. And so that's the difficult thing uh, to wh- where I'm sitting with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I put out an article today on uh, Corner of the Galaxy talking a little bit about the long-term planning and how there doesn't seem to be a long-term plan. And because of that, I think this is a difficult thing to stomach. Um, you had a guy, and I will say that I believe the only person in the front office that had a long-term plan was Siggy Schmidt. Um, he had a two-year plan, basically, and that didn't include the half year last year. That includes all of this year and all of next year. So a two-and-a-half year plan. Yeah, yeah, really, it was a two-and-a-half year plan. And I'll tell you right now, it seems as if Siggy Schmidt has a contract that lasts not just through this season, but through all of next season. Uh, so all the way through 2019, much like Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos, and it seems like Siggy was going to be content to sort of leave after that time, at least from the Carlisle interview, where, you know, you can see, is that he was going to do it, but he was going to turn over an organization that was short in a bunch of different areas, and we've talked about it before, we talked about scouting uh, being short, um, we talked about um, just, you know, maybe, maybe the sports physios. Something... What, what, <laughs> 
people you're, are throwing sti- things. Oh, the, nice. That's nice. All I was right. gonna say the ghost of Siggy has haunting this room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We just had a light fall. No big deal. No right. big deal. I mean, it's, okay. it's never moved ever in the history of its uh, it being there. But okay, right. corner of the galaxy fine. earthquake. Never forget. Uh, hey, I yeah, was there. there <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. We will rebuild. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you see the stuff, and there were shortcomings, and it looked like Siggy Schmidt knew what the shortcomings were and had a plan in order to work those and, and get those around. And now that's all out the window again. I mean, it's the same thing with Nolfo. And granted, I don't think Nolfo was ever allowed to plan long term. I don't think they gave him the leash to be able to. He was fighting for his job the moment he stepped on the field to try to save that job. So for me, you can't sit there and say, oh, well, Nolfo had a chance to implement it. He had no chance. He got 20 games. He had no chance to implement a, implement a plan. And towards the end, he was doing anything just to try to win games. So that way he wouldn't be fired. So that way he might survive through the rest of the year. So, um, and to your point, Anolfo also didn't come in with the leverage that Siggy had. Uh, Anolfo didn't have MLS cups under his belt and uh, you know number of wins in Major League Soccer. So it's not like he was able to say, well, listen, I've got a proven track record. Give me the keys to the car and let me drive this thing. Siggy at least had that uh, cachet about him, regardless of whether you, you know, you're 1.0, 2.0, however you're looking at it. He at least had a, a, a pedigree behind him to, to bring in a vision. And uh, again, if he wasn't able to execute what his vision was, it's, it's a little bit baffling, um, you know, to see him go. And then the timing of it also, we were talking about this, it feels like a long time removed since our six, the 6-2 loss to Real Salt Lake. Uh, if this was going to be a move that was made, it seems like this may be is on the heels of that. You lose 5-0 to Seattle, you lose 6-2 to Real Salt Lake, uh, and then you uh, tie a game to LAFC where you possibly could have walked away with it. And you think, well, maybe this is three poor results in a row. That's where you cut ties. But to go a week, uh, you know, right before training, right. And part of that is because of the international break as well. I understand um, maybe there needed to be some time to marinate and, and, and figure it out. Um, but the, t- the timing seems odd as well. The timing's really odd, and that that leads more to, uh, you know, did Siggy Schmidt, Schmidt quit? I think it's a combination. I, I, Optics. I someone someone came to somebody first. Even, you know, when couples break up and they say, oh, you know, we both kind of... No, no some, it was someone's idea. Somebody's idea. I, I feel like that there was no long-term solution for Siggy Schmidt in terms of, the LA, uh, in terms of you know, Chris Klein in the front office saying, we just don't see you sticking around here, and so, you know, maybe after this year, you're gone, that type of thing. You could see that being how they tried to approach this, and then... Siggy Schmidt saying, well, I'm not going to stick around and let you guys do stuff to tarnish what I've already done and what I've already tried. I'm out of here now. Can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, exactly. And I could see that. And then that sounds like it's mutual, but it's certainly not mutual. I mean, Siggy Schmidt, I think if you ask Siggy Schmidt right now, if he would rather be, and he gave you an honest answer and not some PR answer. uh, If you ask Siggy Schmidt right now where he would like to be, he would like to be as the head coach of the LA Galaxy. Um, and that's where he should be. And listen, some of this contract information in terms of how long his contract goes and, and stuff is stuff that we've been trying to dig around here for the la- for this last week. So um, it, I know we've always talked about Siggy Schmidt's contract being up at the end of 2018. It seems now that it is 2019, and so that's what we're going to live with right now, which means, by the way, the LA Galaxy currently playing Kurt Anolfo, uh through this last year. Uh, I believe his, his contract is up at the end of this year. Um, Congrats I, to Kurt Anolfo for still getting paid this season. He's still getting paid. Again, living the dream. Two-year two two year, uh, contract. And it seems that Siggy Schmidt now will be paid all the way through next year. They're paying uh, 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 Dominic Kinnear as the head coach now, and I'm sure that's more than – it's interim. Oh, it's there. But, okay. But you do certainly – Step up and pay. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems that way. Um, and so – 
I, I would imagine they're paying three coaches right now, not even counting the next coach that they're going to bring on. And it's likely that if Dominic Kinnear is not chosen as the head coach, and right now I would say that there is almost zero chance that Dominic Kinnear is going to be a head coach, except, and we'll talk about this a little later, if a bunch of things happen. and Six-game winning streak. Yeah, it was like, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Dom's, Dom's the guy. Um, so... Looking at all that, you're going to be paying some of those coaches because they're going to be moving, getting rid of those contracts as well. So you're spending. Remember, this was well, a team in 2017, Eric, that didn't want to spend money. That was sort of like, hey, we need to, we need to rein back. And um, well, it goes back. Who's who's making these decisions? Because ultimately, you you just listed a lot of people who are under the salary who are not going to be working for this organization uh, through this next season. Uh, at what point? do the fingers start to to turn on themselves and you start to say, you know, the way whoever's picking these coaches, they need to be reevaluated. Whoever's putting these players on the field uh, that are not performing, that needs to be reevaluated. So at some point, it seems like uh, management needs to be held accountable uh, for not stocking uh, the kitchen with the proper ingredients, because it seems like Siggy may have had a vision and, and you, you've mentioned it and, and the rumors around that he wasn't able to, to execute the plan. And part of that is, you know, bringing in Zlatan and at the same time, who, you don't turn down Zlatan. No. I, I'm of that school. I think yeah. Zlatan, you, you find a way to make that work. So, um, I always found that a little bit hollow. If, if Siggy is going to try to scapegoat getting a, a, a top caliber player, right. that being the reason why you can't be successful, you try to find a way to make that work. But at the same time, if he's unable to, to, execute his plan and do what he really wants to do, then that falls on management because they, they brought someone into executive vision and then they handcuffed him. And, and that's really unfortunate. Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, you certainly see everything that's happened. I mean, I think the same happened with Anolfo. I said that Anolfo wasn't the problem. Listen, no, I'm not going to sit there and go out on a limb and say that uh, both Kurt Anolfo or Siggy Schmidt are the best coaches ever to have played, the, <laughs> ever to have coached the game. They're not. Um, and Siggy Schmidt may be past what he was doing, but I certainly see in everything that I'm hearing tells me that Siggy Schmidt was not given a fair shake, tells yeah. me that Kurt Anolfo was not given a fair shake. Um, and even through 42 games, and lots of people could say he had more than enough time to try to execute. You can't say, hey, and by the way, people are asking about length of contracts and how that plays into things. Here's what happens when you have a job that isn't necessarily one you can fill easily and you need to get somebody to do it. You end up adding extra years. years. And so we saw that with Siani coming mm -hmm. in with the six-month into an 18-month yep. contract. You see that with Siggy Schmidt. That's probably a two-year contract. That's actually like a two-and-a-half-year contract um, in this particular case or one-and-a-half year. That's how you bag someone and say, I'm not going to come into a team that's in turmoil, that's on, on verge of being in their worst season of, uh, you know, of all time, and I'm going to be partially to blame for that. You know, How are you going to incentivize me to come into this team? So extra years were probably added to Siggy's deal. And, and to go back to, to Kurt Anolfo not getting a fair shake, uh, you know, fired after 20 games um, and the LA Galaxy still had their worst season in history. You could have, Kurt Anolfo couldn't have done worse than the worst worst season in Galaxy history. I mean, he could have equaled, right. <laughs> equaled being the worst season. So uh, to give him at least a season, you know, looking back, uh, it's it seems a bit unfair. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this, listen, first of all, sports and is who, unfair. And I mean, who, yeah. well, and who's pulling the trigger? Who, who Who's making these decisions? And I think that's that's who needs to be that's the position that needs to be reevaluated. Well, you could only blame the coach. Uh, you know, by your third coach, you have to start thinking, okay, let's who's, who's putting the coach there? Yeah, it can't be the coach every time. Yeah, and especially then let's let's go over the history and just understand uh, and I said this in my article. This is all stuff. Go on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can read the article and I think I do an okay job of trying to explain it. Um 
it's it's difficult to sort of put all these things in absolutes, but I can get pretty close in the article to sort of point how this has gone. But you look at Bruce Arena leaving, and everybody goes, well, Bruce Arena left to coach the U.S. men's national team. Okay, why was he so interested in going to the U.S. men's national team? And by the way, he jumped at the chance, wanted to sprint out of the LA Galaxy, <laughs> and from all the reporters we've talked to and from just seeing Bruce's demeanor, his demeanor totally changed. He went to the U.S. men's national happy team, Bruce. and he was happy Bruce. And it was like, wow, okay. So there was something at the Galaxy that was stressing him out. Um, the Galaxy cut Dave Sarakin's salary in half. That chased Dave Sarakin away. So you chase Dave Sarakin away. You chase Bruce Arena away. And I don't think it's unfair to say that, by the way. I'm not saying it because I don't know things. I'm saying and, it because I think that's and, unfair. And devil's advocate with Dave Sarakin, if you are cutting ties with Bruce and Bruce is moving on to keep Dave Sarakin around as unfair as this may be to Dave Sarakin, you know, forcing that offer, uh, you know, you kind of clear the brute, whatever was going on with this, you clean the whole house when you get it. So devil's advocate, if you want to start fresh, I can see where you might but, do that. But, but at the same time, it's so disrespectful to, uh, to cut his salary in half and to not, not give him an interim, not give him a, f- a fair shake at any point. Well, remember, he leaves before Bruce leaves, which is kind of The weird. writing was on. I mean, it, we knew, but I mean, yes, you're yes. right. You, they, they took him. But the whole point there is that they had a ready-made successor that would have been, that is an MLS name that has had success at MLS level, that was around the team, and that probably could have kept a large portion of that coaching staff together. Mm-hmm. Because remember, what happens is uh, Sarakin leaves, Bruce leaves, and then all the assistant coaches except for yep. Cardinalfo leave. And they're now at LAFC. There's LAFC guys that are around, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you yes. know, Kenny is over at LAFC. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, Ante Razov, I believe. Uh, uh, Razov. Mm-hmm. Well, that was from a Kurt Anolfo, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Anolfo's yeah, yeah. yeah thing. But anyway, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with a yeah, but still. Yeah, but okay. Um, <laughs> so, so you look at that, and that cleans house there, but then you don't really clean house. You stick with Anolfo, who is a Bruce disciple. So, if you're, again, if you're cleaning okay. house, you got a Bruce disciple. You're a devil's advocate, my devil's advocate. Okay, so, so yeah. <laughs> now, so twist that, though. Okay. If you now that's put head to head Dave Sarakin, and Curtinolfo. Okay. I like Curtinolfo. <laughs> I like what he did at LA Galaxy too. I think he should still be within the Galaxy organization. He's with doing some of the youth uh, national team right now. He's a good coach. He hasn't been put in the best situations to succeed yeah. every time. And this was an obvious case of him being put in a place where he didn't succeed um, and not in, in a position to succeed. Um, but I would take Dave Sarakin in a heartbeat. I think Dave is one of the most underrated coaches in Major well, League Soccer and, history. And and that's, uh, again, I keep saying unfair. unfair. It, go, it goes back to him being under Bruce and being such a good assistant under Bruce as he has... He has that, uh, you know, that stigma of being an assistant. And for uh, I know a lot of people are clamoring, uh, you know, for you playing the youth and using academy players. You look at what Sarakin is doing with the U.S. men's national team and playing those young players. He obviously knows how to get the most out of a young Oh, oh young there's people core. who disagree with you. This, you saying <laughs> that course. just had people... Of all, course. Somebody just lost it on of the course. freeway, probably crashed their car. <laughs> you, you were responsible for getting somebody in a vehicular accident right there. Um no, I mean, I like, again, I like Dave Sarkin, but you drive him away. Uh, you drive Cardinalfo away, you fire him, you drive Siggy Schmidt away, okay. Dominic Kinnear, again, is in the position right now. Um, Dominic seems like he is in a position that he didn't necessarily want to be in. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you have to imagine he's a former head coach, and he would like to be to a head me, coach. Yes, to me, when you bring in Dom Kinnear... He's not your average assistant. He's not someone who's known as a journeyman assistant coach. So uh, when you bring him in as an assistant, um, part of me thinks that this 
this is your, your, your safety valve. You're breaking break glass in case of emergency. If something goes wrong with Siggy, you have a built-in head coach already on your staff. And why Dom would want to accept this position as an assistant is, you know, when it hits the fan, he is able to step right into a head coaching position and, and have an opportunity to earn the job, even though it sounds, you know, you're, it sounds like he's, he's, he's a dead man walking, right. but at least if, if something were to happen sooner, maybe he would have had more of an opportunity he, uh, to make his case. He's in a position right now, which is uh, difficult because he was very loyal to Siggy Schmidt, which was interesting. He came in and said, you know, whenever he came in, we said, hey, well, you know, Portis asked him, you know, are you looking to get a head coaching job out of this? I mean, what's the deal? And he's like, I don't plan on going anywhere right now. I want to be here. And I told Siggy that I'm here for a reason. And that's why I came in. So you have, and by the way, I don't know if there's a, a, I mean, I'm really spoiled. I, I think Dominic Kinnear is a great guy. He is unbelievably nice. He is very honest. He'll tell you if he doesn't want to answer a question. It's just straight up. I'm not going to answer that. And it's like, okay, well, why? He goes, well, because of this. And he'll give you an answer. I mean, it's very simple. He did not want to answer the question about whether or not he wanted the job permanently. Okay. He said, and, and Scott French asked him. He said, Scott French asked him. And he says, I, I don't want to answer that. And it was clearly because here's a guy who was loyal to Siggy, who came in and said, you know, hey, I'm going to be your assistant coach. I'm not here to try to take your job. I want to learn from you. You can learn from me. We can really do a whole bunch of things together and 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 understand that. And I'm not here to take your job. And I'm sure he had to make that clear because he's a former MLS yes. head coach. I'm not trying to oust you. I want to be here he on knows, your staff. He knows what it's like to be in that position. And that's, you know, being respectful. To, and it goes back to optics. He yes. doesn't want the optics of how that would look if, uh, you know, right out immediately, you know, the body's still warm and you're, 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 you're dancing all over it. So I think that that says a lot about uh, Dom Kinnear. And it's refreshing that someone is, you know, aware of optics when it seems like the the rest of the organization like, seems to n- have, uh, be a little bit clueless when it comes to how they're presenting situations. Not just clueless, but they constantly seem to be confused about how it's being taken yeah. the wrong way. And it's like, how did you expect that? It's yeah. just, there's, again, I it, agree. I mean, yeah. the optics have been very bad this mm-hmm. year, and it's been bad the year before, too. It's it's confusing. I did have somebody say, and if you go back and listen to Monday's podcast, I think there's a lot of really good reporting on there that you can get from uh, Kevin and I that, that sort of covers what the angles that we knew there then. Um, I'll say that I think the general trend here and, and from the LA Galaxy side of things seems to be that the players had somehow been uh, fed up with Siggy Schmidt. I'm leaning less and less towards that every okay. day. Okay. And I was, and I was leaning all towards it on Monday. Mm-hmm. This is not a science. All right. You have to go talk to people and you have to hear, and then you have to understand the motivations coming from these people. I mean, listen, if I ask somebody like, uh, Ima Boateng, if he likes Siggy Schmidt, uh, he's probably going to be like, no, no, I don't. I don't get to play. He, <laughs> well, he doesn't play me very much. And, and, and what one trait of Siggy and I, and I'm going to use Jossie Zardes as my example he may not have communicated well with the players who were not on his his special list. And so uh, Giassi, one of, I believe his interview before the, the season started, mentioned how he's very happy with Greg Berhalter and how he knows exactly which position he's playing and what he's supposed to be doing, which essentially is saying that Siggy was not telling Giassi where he was supposed to be playing, what the expect. So right. the communication was not there. So while the, the way the situation looks, it doesn't seem like there was uh, you know a revolt with the players. Siggy does not did not seem to communicate well with a, a lot of players on that roster if they were not in his uh, his inner circle. Well, and I think that if you read the Carlisle article, um, it even talks about how Siggy says that Dom was in charge of talking to the players more because that's that's what he well. And listen, there is something to this. There's okay. a good cop and a bad there's, cop. Yeah, you have there's to a have psychology those. here. There's a I psychology. understand that. The head coach makes decisions. The head coach says, "Hey, uh, Eric, you're not playing today." 
Uh, I know you trained really hard. I know you think you deserve it, but you know what? Um, this other guy, Josh, he looks better. He's faster. Uh, uh, he has more hair. I'm getting some flashbacks. Um, it's yeah. not making me feel good. You, you're going to be on the bench, or you're not even in the 18 today. Uh, I'm going to yeah. be on the bench. That's That sounds like... that's Now it tastes like home. I was going to say. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that, that's what the head coach is doing. And you know what? It's up to the assistant coach to come over to you and be like, hey, Eric, man, keep your head up, man. You're, you're, you're going to crack. Okay. You're going to crack you're gonna the crack 18. You're yeah. so close you're right, right now. There. We had a discussion with Siggy. Him and I had a discussion, and it was really close. And I was pulling for you, man. I was pulling yeah. for you. I wanted you in there. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what it is. And then that coach whispers in the ear, and he's like, hey, you did a really good job. Good job. Good job, you. Good job. You know that pass that you did right there? I saw that. I noticed. I'm I see watching. you. Yeah, exactly. I see you. <laughs> right? And by the way, if you ever want to get into like, I, I swear the psychology of this is, is so ridiculously funny, but in every relationship, doesn't matter what relationship you have, it, it's a, I see you mm-hmm. or look at me. Right? Look at me. Look at me. Or say, I see you. Say the the guys who are on uh, on the live stream right now. <laughs> look at me. We're look at me, guys. Okay, that's what it is. Uh, my wife is an I see you, which thank God that works. All right. I'm, I'm like I'm find like, the right puzzle piece. I'm like, hey, come over here and look at this. I mean, I'm still that guy. Hey, mom, mom, come, mom, look at this. Yeah. Look at this, mom. You know that type of thing. But okay. no, you have that. And so soccer players are all look at me, guys. Yes, absolutely. You need somebody to be I see you. Siggy's not an I see you. Okay. Siggy's look at me. Okay. All right. And and Dom is an I see you. But now Dom is in a position where there is no bad he has cop. To be he's going to be the good cop and the bad cop. He has to play one. He's he's a single <laughs> he's a single parent here. He's got to play both yeah. sides now. And, and one thing uh, reports are coming out that players love Dom, and it's probably to that point because he never had to drop the hammer. He never had to be the one. He, he wasn't the one who was saying you're out of the lineup, or he wasn't the one to say uh, you're not cutting it right now, or or you know you're off the team, or whatever it is. He wasn't the bearer of bad news, so of course the players are going to be a hundred percent behind him. But there, going back and when you mentioned it, I pulled up the quote. Uh, it said, you know, there are rumors that Siggy didn't speak to the players after the game, and he says, I'm not sure where that's come from. But then he said there were certain times where I wouldn't walk in and talk to them, and that's a bit of a red flag as well. You have to. Address well, your team. Well, he, at go, some point. he goes on in that and to he say says that he does go, it back I'll do it back at the hotel when everybody's together. It's like everybody a... get on the bus and get out of here. Listen, there's different ways. I remember my high school coaches used to come in and be like, "Hey, um, you guys were horrible out there." And then sometimes you lost, and they were like, "No talking on the bus," and they wouldn't talk to you until you got back. <laughs> and it just you're trying. This is totally psychology. And you have to test it out. You have to, you have push to see buttons. what's going to work. And there's also rumors that Zlatan and Siggy didn't get along. I'm sure that there were headbutts there. I'm Slots sh- on that. He seems like he doesn't have an ego. He doesn't. Yeah, he's, he's not a look at me guy. He's, no, he's he's <laughs> I see you. He's he's a little do- doormat there. Absolutely. Um, no, but you see all that. I mean, and that's the different facets. And it's gonna listen. I'll tell you right now. It doesn't matter what Siggy does if the team is winning. Yes, they don't care. That is very and very so true. losing drives all of this. And we talked about that last year. How we were able to find out a whole bunch of things about the locker room because when you're losing. Uh, people tend to talk. A lot of people want to sing. That's right. I got unsolicited text messages after this, after Siggy got fired, saying how, um, you know, how it was gonna, how they were gonna play for Dom, and how they were they were excited about the the, the chance to. But I also got it from guys who are regular starters who were like, didn't have a problem with Siggy. Okay. You know, Siggy was fine. He goes, you know, I think I think the problem was, you know, this or that. And I, yeah, we'll get there. Name names, Josh. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to look through his phone, folks. Just, just burn do this everything. For you. I, here, you can see it. Here, I'll show it to you right now. It's that person right there. All right, per- oh, oh, wow. I know. Wow, I'm shocked by that. I know. Okay. Anyway, so. It's a picture of a cat, and you know it. Yeah, that's right. In a Zorro outfit. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, no, I mean, this is this is all the stuff. By the way, the chat room, uh, somebody's asking if I played in high school. Um, the answer is yes, I did. Uh, however, the... It's the strong pedigree of, uh, uh, yeah, galaxy, of, corner of the a galaxy pod- podcasting, podcast. right? Did you play in high school? I did, of course I Okay, did, did you play Varsity? Uh, yes. See, what kind of question is that? You're, well, I didn't get to play Varsity, <laughs> all right? There were some... There were some issues there was some politics going on that well, if you didn't play club places. soccer you didn't get to play on the varsity well, game i played club soccer see i mean you're part <laughs> of the problem right there i mean i was a very good defender uh, right back and a center back i could have been the next uh, dave romney glory days glory oh man what if only so close i was actually a three-year varsity letterman in baseball so i was a better baseball player yeah, than i was well a that's player. why why yeah, you can't can't play baseball you can play, and ba- soccer. You can play both they're no, different you can't seasons. be good at both i i was yeah, what right. do you know okay they, that tells me a lot me that and makes bo- sense. me and bo jackson all right jv yeah. let's keep it going that's right jv great there it is <laughs> oh yes uh yeah oh somebody's asking what high school did you guys play for in what year so what, oh do we have to say how what, old we are i went to yeah. cerritos high school all right and class what, of 2001 okay so and i was uh newport harbor high school uh <laughs> class class of 99 okay so yeah we i don't I don't know. I don't know if we crossed paths. I, I don't I think, think we played Newport Mesa. Oh no, that's not a. That's no, in the, that's, that's a school a, district. That's a district. That's a okay. district. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You don't. You don't care. <laughs> I'm sure we played Cerritos. Uh, yes. Anyway, so um, but but going through this, I mean, here's the deal. Now, you have gone through, and you're going to hire your third coach. You are going through in quotation marks your third coaching search. Let's go over the coaching searches that have happened so far, Eric. Uh, Kurt Anolfo was settled upon, it seems, or was settled, pre- yeah. or was preordained <laughs> to be the answer, and they never went and looked. Ever, I know they're going to say that they searched far and wide. They had international. You coaches don't search far and wide and land on Kurt Anolfo. No, no and disrespect I to Kurt like Anolfo. Kurt Anolfo, yes. but you're right. Okay, that's that doesn't happen. And I thought he deserved a chance to be that guy. So sure, whatever, that works. Okay, fine. So you get Kurt Anolfo. Siggy Schmidt hangs around the LA Galaxy for most of the year while Kurt Anolfo is there and romances <laughs> everybody. He's the guy who kept showing up. He was outside up. with the speaker. There is. No, yeah. there's, it was totally that. Um, he literally talked in their ear for 20 games. And before that, um, there's even rumors that perhaps Siggy Schmidt wanted to show up to training and Kurt Anolfo said, nope, no thanks. Well, <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, what, what did he have to fear, right? Um, so that's what you're seeing. So, so you go to Siggy Schmidt. Again, coaching search is the guy who's been knocking who on your at, door. Who's been in your ear the whole time. Interesting. He, he was very persistent. Didn't take no for an answer. Very, very, yeah. very not of this age right now. No means say, no. I, you have to say that. I'm not even going to go there. Okay. So, I mean, Siggy, Siggy was persistent. He finally got there. Uh, Long Beach Poly, Bosco Tech. Um, okay. So we're, we just, we're, we're yeah. talking about high schools that, that people are chatting <laughs> in the chat room. This has like, turned into the, the, the high, high school, school soccer podcast. <laughs> we should do We should do one of those. Nobody does one of those. That would be awesome. We could do. We no could one do. listens to one of those oh, either. That's right. So, that's you know, right. there is that. Prep sports is big. You, like, it's you crazy. Know, how unfortunately, big. you know, I, uh, we played at a time when everything wasn't on the internet. So yeah. I don't think you could there's, find stats. I don't so. think there's anything on me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, hope you can find stats. I was, I was a good baseball player. I'll take that. Um, I tried to walk on at Arizona State, actually. That's okay. Good. There you go. There, okay, there. Anyway, so we go on. So you, Siggy Schmidt, Siggy Schmidt he, gets, he gets taken there, and now he's let go after 42 games. So you have not undergone a real coaching search, and this time they have to search because— I was going to say, if, if, nothing, if you're going to spin this in any positive way, there, there's no one else. <laughs> there is no one else in line. There is no one else who's been dubbed. So they really, truly have to search here. I don't think there's another uh, coach who's been hanging out, you know, in the StubHub Center stands, just waiting. Bruce, uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce, and, Bruce and Dave are there quite no, an awful lot. But, but 
that would, man, what a mistake that would be to go backwards. But at the really, same, I think so. Mm. I think so. Bruce oh, is, you're a Bruce, Bruce. You bring Bruce back for the. Here, here's the, my. Here's my. Ugh. We'll get to my argument. Okay, but Bruce but, Arena and Dave Sarakin together again in right. a in a different little. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But to my point, I think if you're going to spin it positive, that this forces them to make a search and to go after, um, you know, possibly some bigger names than than Siggy Schmidt and Kurt Anolfo. Again, with no disrespect to them, to maybe aim a little bit higher. Yeah. Okay. So. Understanding that, we have to look at the targets that they could possibly target. That's nice. <laughs> nice. nice. Way, I have a way with word, words today. Um, we have to look at the guys who they're, they, they're thinking about. And listen, there's going to be some international guys who I'm never going to be able to point my finger at. Pep Guardiola is um, not coming over. Yeah, Zidane, <laughs> um, Thierry Henry. Uh, I think those were... Well, Robbie Keane. Those are, those are the international guys I think everybody yeah. has thrown out right now. Well, Robbie Keane and Thierry Henry aren't... With lack of coaching experience, that makes more sense than than obviously a Zidane or a Guardiola or Mourinho. Here's the problem. Here's what you have right now with the LA Galaxy. You have a general manager who technically doesn't have a GM title in Pete Vianis, who's the VP of Soccer Operations, who is in all shapes and forms, seems to still be a general manager and, and how that works. Good for um, you, Pete. It, it certainly was, and you read it in Carlisle's... Um, uh, piece as well. ESPN, um, go find Jeff Carlo's article uh, with talking with Siggy Schmidt. Uh, I have a feeling there's going to be a couple more articles coming out with Siggy Schmidt too, so keep your eyes open for that. Siggy um, tells all. Waiting for that. Yeah, um, w- write the book. <laughs> write the book. I'm in there. I will pay I will pay $50 for yes, that book right now. Done. Yeah. Um, we'll sell them on the website, all right? <laughs> um, but no, it, it's 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 very clear to me that um, that with these other articles, and they, and they talk about it in the Carlisle article, is they ask about control over the roster and everything. And Siggy doesn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. He says, you'd have to talk you to those guys. Them. You, have you to ask, ask them. them. That is a, that is a huge difference from Chris Klein. That's a look at me <laughs> this is, oh, answer. This is, yes. it's crazy. Um, yeah, that's a direct contradiction direct. to what was stated. Mm-hmm. That's, that is nuts at this point in time. And I'm trying to pull up the, uh, I actually have that, that, uh, quote here, but it is a direct contradiction to what Chris Klein says. He so, basically said that there was no way that there could be any, he said, uh, Klein said earlier this week, Schmidt had full control in that area. And when asked if this was the case, he said, they can answer that. I'm not going to go there. I don't make final decisions. Okay. So he has the final, he has full control and I don't make final decisions are, are when you're filling out the Venn diagram, that is not in the middle. No, no, that does not, that doesn't drive up. And uh, Chris Klein in his conference call, which I posted, by the way, the entire audio. Kudos to you. Cause, and, and again, when I say optics and an organization who's, does not seem to be aware of the optics that they are presenting t- to the fan. And again, I am the fan. Uh, showing three minutes that was obviously edited and certain parts were cut, you are le- you were leaving something out. And so for, for you to um, you know release the whole audio, kudos to you. Thank you for that. Well, I saw that they only put three minutes out, and I said, no, 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 no. And I wasn't going to release the audio because <laughs> it it's felt, not It, it, it's it not felt great. weird. It felt weird. It did. And, yeah. and I was like, only three minutes? That doesn't make sense because yes. this is a 20-minute uh, conference call, really. Uh, it's 20 minutes, and there was questions for 20 minutes. Um, and I think one person says that it actually gave them a better understanding of what Chris Klein said and put him in a better light hearing him say it in his own words than it did well, just it was, reading it, right? It was only his 
Yeah. Yeah. All they showed was his his response, but uh, without having uh, what he was responding to, it it fell it fell hollow. Yeah. This is uh, Chris Klein's direct quote in the conference call talking about Siggy Schmidt having full control. It says, as it relates to the team and the building, Siggy had full authority to make roster decisions for this team this year. That was clear. I don't see how there was any disagreement. There's always discussions that happen, but we had a great working relationship with Siggy Schmidt. He, Siggy Schmidt saying, nope, 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 nope. That wasn't. I did not have, and I think really we should say did not have a unfettered, complete control over the roster. From what I hear, um, there was lots of conditions in there that that did not happen. I think well, Zlatan is the most obvious he, answer. That, he said it. He said it right there with with Zlatan and um, you know having money earmarked to purchase other players, and he wasn't able to because you know someone else had the full control or the authority you get to make a decision. You get Zlatan. I have and, no problems with it. Again, I, I don't have a problem with it. And, and I think to that degree, if... Getting Zlatan is where you get overruled. You live with it. That is, but but if if it's if they're tinkering with you know your your one hundred thousand dollar you know midfielder or your your eighty thousand dollar defender, th- those are the guys that really make the difference in Major League Soccer. And when you're tinkering with those players for a coach, I think that's where the misstep could be. Well, here's the problem though. Now there is a long history, Eric, of tinkering with the large players and those large players not working out. All right, uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, Steven Gerrard, Jonathan Dos Santos, um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Don't say it. Nope. I, I said it. Nope. He is in that group, but now it doesn't mean... But not panning out. You said he, not he panning is, yeah, out. Yeah, but he is, he is working out, but it's not working for the Galaxy. I mean, unfortunately, they're still going he to miss is the not playoffs. A miss. He is not a miss, but his inclusion on this team has not made them not... Has not led to success. success. Okay. And you can blame other things. Listen, I'm not going to go back into the I think this team is better than Zlatan thing because I got just... just people just pounded <laughs> on me. I don't actually... And if you caught the end of it, I said everything would have had to have gone perfect yeah. in this season, which it didn't. People got hurt in order the for that to have been true. The defense was still the defense. And was, yeah. if, if you did fix... Uh, by bringing in other players, those players would have had to mesh, and you would have had to hit on those players. And w- not all the Galaxy players that were picked up were hit on, upon. So, no. so again, but you know, what is it? A uh, butterfly theory? What, Butter- yes, the when the butterfly, butterfly flaps effect. Swing, yeah, go, butterfly yeah. effect. Yes, yes. When it flaps and swings, hey, every, see, every little ripple. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you try. Um, no, so you have that. So now. Let's say you're going after coaches, and we mentioned some of the crazy international ones, and yeah. I'm sure there's others that I do not know and that I will not know about any of this stuff. Um, here is the the deal now is that there are some coaches that are local that are very realistic possibilities. I will list them in order of which I think the LA Galaxy might attack them, and the last one is a flyer, but I would Ooh, not I'm put excited. it past them. Yeah, I didn't tell you about this Ooh, one. Oh, nice. Um, number one, the number one target, it has to be it. Um, absolutely has to be it was that um, the the number one target is Greg Berhalter. Agreed. Uh, with the Columbus crew and soon to be of the Austin Force or whatever they're calling themselves. I don't remember. I think it's Austin FC. Is it? Really? That's so bad. <laughs> I, whatever. It's fine. I have no we'll problems Google with it. it. But yeah. Greg Berhalter, I, I would I would co-sign that being a number one and the fact that his name is popping up in the question for the U.S. men's national team. Obviously, there's something there. He's proven uh, himself uh, as a major league soccer coach and also uh, someone who's a former Galaxy player who seems to do well uh, with front office situations. And I don't know if we're going to go there as well. But if if the Galaxy are going to bring someone in, they're now in a position where if you want to be attractive to someone like Greg Berhalter, and let's just be funny, if you want to be attractive to someone uh, like Zidane, <laughs> you're not going to bring them in and then say, we're going to make the decisions for you. You need to truly give fully control to a coach who's going to come in here. Here's the problem. 
um, if you go with an international coach, you need to bring in a general manager yes. because they can't, it's too difficult of a league it's and you MLS need, is too MLS. So, so you need a top tier general manager and then bring in a top tier international manager and make that work. Like they did. In and Atlanta. now you have to pay two salaries and now two huge salaries, mm-hmm. by the way, but that's what it's going to take in order to make that happen. So if you go international, if you go for Burhalter, who is being pursued by us men's national team, certainly uh, you have to offer him full control. He's a guy who built a team in Columbus. He's a guy who is a technical director, a sporting mm-hmm. or sporting director, technical, however they want to call it. Di- um, yeah. Yeah. Different names for this, for meaning the same thing. Yeah. So, so Greg Burhalter is that guy who's going to come in. Now he's not going to want to report to somebody like no. uh, Pete Vianis or Chris Klein. No. I mean, he, the president he can deal with, but he's going to be like, "Stay out of my house. This is my house. I'm going to build my and house." And I'm not coming unless you you let me build my sandcastle here. And the number two pick is Caleb Porter, probably in that order. Number one, Burhalter. Number two, Caleb Porter. <sighs> not, Caleb Porter's thrilled about that. Yeah, Caleb Porter is a guy who uh, was successful in college. Was successful with the Portland Timbers up to a certain point. Yes. I mean, he took him to he took him to to. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I, I don't want to say I he took him to the apex, but he he did he, he did well he did well for them. Okay, mm-hmm. and maybe that was he wasn't it. unsuccessful. And he left probably, and we have to speculate because we don't know why he left. He hasn't said uh, he left probably because there was a management that was getting too involved in the team. Well, and he outgrew his post. And, uh, and going back to Kurt Anolfo, Kurt Anolfo did not have uh, the wins and the success to say back off. I, I you need to let me do my thing. He he was hamstringed by that. You know. Of course, it's the LA Galaxy. That's what they do. Everybody's hamstring. <laughs> um, but, you know, Caleb Porter, he, the success he had, he deserved to start making a few more decisions. And if they weren't allowing him to do that, then obvi- he had the right to walk away because he had earned it at that point. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And, and you're right. But here's the deal with Caleb Porter. He's not going to want to come into an overbearing no. front office situation. Been, Again, he just been did there, that. done that, yes. You know, so that's that's what I'm talking about. It, it, it's absolutely... Um, one of these big things. So now you have two guys who are probably your two front runners who are going to come in and say, that's great, but I want full control. Give me more years. <laughs> yeah, that's what, right? So who are you yeah. going to sign to the four-year contract exactly. this time? And the Galaxy need to have a long-term um, guy in here. You cannot, yes. whoever you hire is going to be here for two years. You cannot get Minimum. rid of, you cannot do it. I don't care how bad the first year is. You can't do it because they keep resetting. I believe in my heart that the that the LA Galaxy under Siggy Schmidt are a playoff upper echelon playoff team in 2019 with the tweaks that you're able to make because I think there's a lot well, because of who's because of the exodus of who would go Ashley Cole goes yes. Michael Ciani goes you probably get rid of somebody like Daniel Addition Starris, by subtraction and you get rid of um, you know Baggio Husidic there's some guys and then you're able to fill in and do some things I I believe that now. Are they an MLS Cup contending team? I don't know. It depends on how much you can get out of DPs who have shown that they don't really want to be DPs anymore. Um, so that's that's the interesting thing that you have to take a look at. But now that you do this, let's say that Siggy Schmidt was only going to be a borderline playoff team next year. He's a borderline playoff team this year. Yeah. So are you saying that he's not going to improve the team over the next? And yeah, it might be frustrating for people, but it is it is crazy. I mean, I'm listen, yeah. I'm not saying he was the answer. I don't want to be put in that position, and- but you're killing a long-term plan and you're killing progression right now. Well, and if, and, and to go back to Caleb Porter or to Greg Berhalter, they're going to come in and I'm going to keep going back to these DP signings. We have DPs through next year and those DPs are not going anywhere. I know we were sold the bill of goods that we can move these players at any time, but they are not going anywhere. So if you're bringing in someone new to execute a new vision, they're executing it with someone else's designated players that were not signed by them. So there's going to be difficulty uh, for that 
coach or general manager, whoever you're bringing in to, to truly make things work in 2019. And that's the last year you have Zlatan. Um, so you, you need someone who's going to try to make that work, but it's not attractive uh, to someone come in and, and play with someone with what someone else built. Yeah, it's so again, you're, you're going into this with you're going to have to clean it. Yeah, another clean slate. Siggy got rid of 15 players. What happens with the next coach and how quickly if you're going international, you need a general manager. Yes. So how quickly can you hire a general manager? But there's already somebody in that role. So it, this is where yeah. it gets. Well, the, and the good news is we have until until March, March of 2019, because you don't though until well, I guess you don't. You have January. You have, you have to start making those decisions. I now. guess. And yeah. Now you have to start making decisions. Yeah, I, I misspoke. That's when they actually start Get coaching. <laughs> but you start signing players in what? December, November, you know, end yeah. of November, Yeah, but December. you have to start releasing players yes. that you're not going to sign like and, right and after look, MLS Cup. And you're looking for them now. Yeah, and, and that's the whole idea yeah. is that you're trying to go after this and, and, and the whole thing. I made a boo-boo. We're doing it live. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> go it figure. Live. What do you think? Uh, so, <laughs> so, but I mean, I mean, trying to do that. Now, here's the third wild card, which I think is scary. And I just, it, people throw names out. So I listen when people throw names out. It's Jürgen, uh, Jürgen Klinsmann. Um, I don't hate it. I hate it less than Caleb Porter. Am I crazy? Am I the crazy one? No, I get it. He he'll he's innovative. He'll try he'll try stuff. He'll go out there. You may not like it, but he'll he'll try stuff. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> Again, a guy who's going to want full control. Yes, you can't, and he's not going to be cheap. Um, I think he's still getting paid by U.S. Soccer, isn't he? Doesn't he have like it a couple it years? Wouldn't surprise lead, like me. A bunch of money. Well, and then you go about not expanding the search. He's a guy who lives locally, so <laughs> that falls in line with uh, what the LA Galaxy have been doing. Go for a guy who's just local, who's around. Has a big name, the big shiny object. He can fly his helicopter. He can I fly his helicopter up the up the. To yeah, land I, w- I would not be shocked if Jurgen Klingsmann were the next LA Galaxy coach, and I, and I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I, I would I would give him a chance. You get minus five hundred Audi index <laughs> points, by the way. They just uh, the talking about talking about the youth of the men's national team. I want Jurgen Klingsmann for the LA Galaxy. It's my last show, folks. It's, it's, a, it's a bold <laughs> move. I mean, it's a little bit of a suicide uh, mission here. I I appreciate you trying. This is what the LA Galaxy have done to me this year. I, I understand. I understand. So anyway. Um, no, I mean, that's what, that's where you think sit right here. I'm sure there's some other options that we don't look at, um, that, that are, that we haven't explored. I mean, there's tons. Listen, there should be tons. I will tell you this right now, though. People sitting here and saying the LA galaxy is a dream job are just fooling themselves. It hasn't been a dream job since Bruce Arena left. Yes. Um, And and look at the last two seasons that the LA galaxy have had worst season in history, bringing in Zlatan and underperforming there, there, this is not a desirable job. Maybe it's a desirable club and there's history and, and they're banking on that. And the fact that it is Los Angeles. And if you do go international, at least there is that, that if, if other international coaches, you know, you're not going to get an attractive international coach, uh, you know, to co- coach in sporting Kansas city. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is, well, well, but Los Angeles could be attractive, but at the same time, they're gonna wait. They're gonna do their research, hopefully, and and see what the club has been going through. So I I do not think this is a dream job for a coach. You have to get someone who wants to come in and do some work. Yeah, and, and I just think that's gonna be difficult. I mean, I think it's difficult to to get players to come right now. I think yeah. they have the same problem. Why would you want to come? I mean, I think the Galaxy got extremely lucky that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was so open to coming to Los Angeles and that he did. It seemed like it may have been preordained. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. it, maybe he only wanted to do it and that was it, and he only just it's wanted to come to the Galaxy. Thing. Yeah. And and they got lucky that he was invested and wanted to do it. But outside of that, I I don't know how you get uh, you know a whole bunch of people to come in. And now how do you do it? Um, 
you know, trying to come into this next season, you have to move fast. If you're not going to get a GM, you fu- you get to hire one person and it's done. If you're getting a GM, then you need to hire the international coach and find the GM immediately. It, it, yeah, in tandem, because those are two people who are going to be working together. So to bring one after the other with a with a distance in between, you're setting yourself up for the same thing that that got got us in the situation now with a coach and a general manager not speaking the same language. So if you're not bringing them in consecutively and, and figuring out a plan together, then your, your history is just going to repeat itself. And you have a president who got a five-year contract extension. So unlikely he's going anywhere. We're committed to him. That's it, what it seems like. It, if, it, if anyone's has a long-term plan, has a long-term Klein, plan. Right? Yes. Um, so you have him. The only person who can put pressure on him, there's two guys who can put pressure on Chris Klein is Dan Beckerman. Unlikely. Yeah, I just don't see. I I think Dan is fine as AEG president and what he does, but there's a lot of irons in that fire. But as as Kevin perfectly picked out, um, or, or pointed out, is that after the LA Kings were unsuccessful, they cleaned house, <laughs> got rid of the pre- GM, got rid of everybody, and that was a Beckerman call. I mean, really, okay. whenever you look at it. So I mean, now you come into and the other guy who can force it is is Uncle Phil Phil Anschutz, uh, owner of the LA Galaxy, and. Listen, I know that people don't see him and don't hear from him. And you think that he's out of sight and out of out of mind. You don't see him yes. out of sight, out of mind. Well, and like I mentioned, you got the LA Kings. You have there's a lot of other things going on with that ownership group. And so um and maybe I'm jaded from talking to people who who don't give soccer its due. I wouldn't imagine that the LA Galaxy are higher on their list, and that's just an outsider not knowing what their priorities are. That's how it feels. So but if you know, they're the owner. So right. the it has to get to them somehow and the stink has to has to rise and and unfortunately for for Chris Klein and company it's getting pretty stinky and at some point at some point it's going to smell bad enough and they're going to need to take out the trash i mean that's the whole thing i mean people are asking and we had questions coming in um from uh Javi uh wrote on twitter and he says you know the over under on on Klein and and Pete Vinus getting the axe from and shoots this offseason when we miss the playoffs uh, unlikely i'll tell you that right now um well, it, it doesn't seem that way yeah well it seems like th- that's if you were going to clean house, then you would want to clean house everything. Coach, as, as front office, season everybody. is over, everybody goes. So if, if they if they don't go at the end of this season, uh, then that's if if you're not a fan of the decisions this organization's making, then uh, don't expect don't expect much different in 2019. Because if if Siggy is gone, uh, maybe there's a glimmer a glimmer if you, if you're not happy with things, saying okay, well then let's start fresh with with someone new and we want to get a new coach in here and let's get rid of, you know, the front office and start literally start from scratch next year. Yeah. Uh, that maybe, but I, I don't I don't picture that happening. Yeah, by the way, I'm also the guy who called and said Siggy Schmidt was untouchable and that he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I didn't anticipate the sort of dual the, the way it was going to the, the way it was going to all end. That's why um, they play the game. That's what they say. Yeah. You never know how it's really going to go. No, you don't. Um and so it'll be it'll be interesting. People are asking, you know, what is the most uh what is the most desirable MLS job? If you were a coach and could coach anywhere, Atlanta, uh New York City, even on that little postage stamp is probably one of those places. See, um, now that you when Toronto. You, when you phrase it that and way. And Toronto's horrible right yeah, now, but when you phrase it that way, I know. The LA I Galaxy know. sound I know. sound like like, like a desirable position. They're not though. I mean, yeah, I, they're they're not of but the open positions. Of, yes, I mean, but who else is going to be gone right but, now? There's there's no open positions. Yeah, people one. say Atlanta because that's roster construction. You want to go coach that team, Tata, and yes. and uh, who's the GM over there? And I will not be able to Tata's GM. Is he? Do, but yeah, but there's somebody else who's who's. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, you know, Car- it's escaping is it me. Boca Negra? Uh, Carlos Boca Negra sounds, is, sounds familiar. Is in yes. that organization in does an amazing job as well. So I mean, you have a really good team that's right there. Um. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, New York City is... I don't know that New York City is super desirable. I mean, yes, you're in New York City, but at the same time... They have the money. They have the Manchester City money. I, have, I guess you could see it, but you're playing at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, but the, that's not that team desirable. is good this year. You could say David that. David Villa. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, it's not, Young talent. It's not horrible. Okay. I guess desirable... What is desirable? The, what is your definition of desirable? I'll tell you right now, I, <laughs> I might take Orlando over the LA Galaxy yeah. in terms of coaching positions. Um, I might take Austin... <laughs> Austin, Miami, Austin, or Miami. <laughs> Miami is Miami more desirable. Was, Mi- Miami is desirable with with uh, the ownership and location. Miami would be a desirable place. Who knows where they're going to play the games? Maybe a parking lot, but but still, well, it seems still, desirable. They're going to have awesome pink and black <laughs> kits. I'm, I'm I'm all about that. I'm, I'm here for those. Uh, yeah, as well. I am. I'm I'm kind of pumped about that. Uh, that is that is pretty cool. I like that they went different, and, and I like that they went with Inter instead of an FC. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on they, Miami. Good they job. May, they may have pushed the European side of that pretty hard, but I I I, I dig it. I, yeah, I like what they I'm did. In. Um, but no, I mean, you look at that. So yeah, I mean, there is. I, I think there are other desirable jobs. I think the fact that here's the thing: the Galaxy may not be a desirable job. Okay, in terms of of what it is of the team but, that they have, there's not a of desirable the team, team that they have of the people who are there. And do you want to? Is there a coach who wants to come in and and deal with Zlatan as well? I mean, we know Zlatan does Zlatan things in, in a positive way, but at the same time, if things go wrong, Zlatan is going to do Zlatan things in the in the other direction. So you need a, a manager who's going to be willing to take that challenge. And there's probably not a lot of people who want to do that. There's a guy with your last name in the chat room. Ro- Robert, is that? You, I, I don't know that guy. You, is that your brother? It might be my brother. My, okay, I'm just <laughs> He's saying that Portland has is a good one because of the great fan base. Um, well, Portland, have, I was thinking Portland, yeah, Seattle. But see, That's, desirable to me, what, I just checked Atlanta off the list, right. New York off the list, uh, Portland and Seattle, all because Turf of the field stadium, where they're playing. Yeah, uh-huh. So, so. Again, that's why I went back to what is your definition of desirable? Is it team construction? Is it location and organization? It's, it it's got to be organization. I mean, yeah. you have to think about health of the who's organization. Gonna, who's going to let you, you know, stock the roster the way you want to stock it? I guess that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's why I think Mike Pecky's going to do, do so good in Real Salt Lake. They're, they're gonna, letting him They're letting him do it. They're letting him And he's doing run. it. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what you mm-hmm. want to see, that you get better, and that's how it goes. Um, but I, I think that the health of the organization, and we talked about this on a show a while ago. I don't know if you were on it or whoever was on it. So many people. Little, I can't keep <laughs> I'm just, them all. you know, yeah. a tiny speck in this corner of the galaxy universe here. Uh, just a tiny speck in the See? corner of the galaxy. That's why I'm here. Uh-huh. Um, but we talked about health of the LA Galaxy organization, and the bottom line, it's unhealthy. And it has been unhealthy since Bruce Arena left, and maybe Bruce Arena left it a little bit unhealthy. Um, so, you know, he doesn't get a straight pass, but at the and same that's, time... That's why when you say bring Bruce back, I think uh, it's very easy to look at the, the great things that Bruce did, but I think when he left... Uh, we, we saw some of the, you know, the imperfections on, on Bruce. Now, if the LA Galaxy wanted to solve this problem of them not being a desirable spot, they clean house, they get somebody who wants to be technical side, GM and coach, they bring them in and they let them create That's very desirable. What the organization. Yes. Now, all of a sudden, now, even if you're even money with the U.S. men's national team, let's say they're offering the same amount of money, Greg Berhalter could still lean towards LA Galaxy because it's a more desirable place for him to be. And, and the LA Galaxy would be able, most likely to offer a longer contract uh, whatever uh, who, whatever the US men's national team is going to offer you can't imagine it's going to be more than 4 years well, <laughs> given the, <laughs> the you're cycle you're out here signing people for the 5 year deals <laughs> chris it's good enough for chris klein but it goes back to what you're saying you're going to commit to someone and let them do their thing you know 
a different sport, but you look at what the Oakland Raiders did with John Gruden. They gave him a 10-year deal. No. And so... Yeah, but here's the deal with the Raiders. But whenever they fire cha- people... He's changing they, a culture. Yeah, but know? whenever they fire people in, in the Raiders, they don't pay them yeah. because then they fire them for cause, <laughs> right? And they say, we're not going to honor the rest. They've done, yeah. done it with yeah, every that, coach. So their 10-year contracts mean don't nothing. mean anything. But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's a commitment to say, we are writing this person and we're going to let them do what they want to do. Going back to your point to saying, you know, next year, no matter how bad they do, you have to let them write it out because you need to let them uh, execute their vision, which obviously Siggy was unable to do. Yeah, it just it's frustrating to see a team that has this much talent and a third best offense in Major League Soccer. That's the other frustrating piece. I'm, and they're going to waste the next, the last year of Zlatan. And they wasted Ashley Cole. And they wasted Ashley Cole. I mean, there's there's guys here who don't deserve to be done like this. Mm-hmm. Zlatan Ibrahimovic does not deserve to come to a team that is going to constantly change things. And I wonder if Zlatan gets involved in the coaching search as well. And you made me trip over my own words here, but that's, that's what I, when I say that who's going to want to come in and deal with Zlatan, Zlatan probably knows people who could deal with him, and he's, I'm sure he has a say. And if, if you were to believe rumblings that Zlatan was unhappy with Siggy, I would not be surprised. Zlatan, if someone has authority, if there's a player who has authority to overrule a, a coach, he's, he's that guy. Um, so he, I think you'd be wise to involve Zlatan uh, in the coaching decision because he's someone who's going to be a strong personality in the locker room next season. Chat room points out, uh, Dubs Brown points out, and wasting uh, Alessandrini as well. I mean, yes. yeah, you have. I mean, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, last season you definitely wasted Alessandrini, yeah. what he was able to bring. This season we haven't, unfortunately, because of his injuries, we haven't been able to see it. So I don't know that it's a total waste of Alessandrini if he's not on the field to give us those results. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Eastern Conference, the standings, and let's get you starting to uh, to focus in on Toronto here as the uh, weekend game fastly approach. Um, here we go. Uh, Toronto currently sitting in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. New York Red Bulls and Atlanta United have both clinched playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. Nobody in the Western Conference has clinched, but that could happen, I believe. Yeah, they uh, have. No. Yeah, San Jose has clinched, oh, uh, yeah. not making the playoffs. Make they the... are officially eliminated, and that is a sweet sight. San Jose is uh, quickly winning the race <laughs> for the uh, wooden spoon. So uh, so congratulations, San Jose, as you go. But yeah, uh, Western Conference, nobody has qualified yet. I think some of that could happen this week, but FC Dallas to top with 49 points, Sporting Kansas City with 48 points, uh, LAFC with 46, Real Salt Lake with 44, Portland Timbers 44, Seattle Sounders 41, Vancouver 40, and the LA Galaxy at 38 points. If you look at the supporters, Shield standings right now. It is New York Red Bulls at 1.96 points per game, which is just under the 2.0 points per game that Atlanta and United has, but they currently have one more point than them after playing one more game. Uh, New York Red Bulls sit in that supporter shield standing. The top Western Conference team is FC Dallas, which sits in fourth place in the Western Conference right now. I would like to point out that as we have been doing, we've been relaying 538.com's playoff standings in terms of how likely the LA Galaxy are to make the playoffs. It was 13% last week whenever we started. Uh, So 6-2, did that bring us up in the percentage? How does math work? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, this was after that. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's one of the games games in hand. Yes. There's other games that have been played and other things. So uh, 11% now is your your chance of making the playoffs. So you're telling me there's a chance. The only only other team that has a less chance of making the playoffs that isn't less than 1% uh, 
uh, which is a bunch of them, because um, Minnesota, Houston, Chicago, San Jose doesn't have... San Jose's yeah. the only one that's zero, by the way. They don't have any chance, but less, less than, than one. one. Okay. Yeah, less than 1%. Uh, is Toronto FC that has a 4% chance of making the playoffs. Apparently, they're nine points back with six games remaining. So Toronto looking for some miracle of miracles, just like the LA Galaxy looking for some miracle say, we're, of miracles. We're double elimination duel to the death this right. weekend is what it sounds like. It, it feels that way. Uh, they are uh, 4% LA Galaxy at 11%, New England at 15%, and then Montreal at 38%, Vancouver at 29%, uh, DC United at 52%. I will tell you right now, if the Galaxy win a game, that percentage goes up, all right? Oh, is that how That's this how works? works? Wow, I'm glad you're here, Josh. I, I'm here to explain <laughs> math for you. So, and, um, And the other thing if, is if the LA Galaxy played in the Eastern Conference, they'd be in a playoff spot. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. With as good as the Eastern Conference is? They're top heavy. They are top heavy. Yeah, very top heavy. And and the Western Conference is very math throughout. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's right on top of each other. Mediocre all the way across the board. It really feels that way. Um, so that's how it is. The LA Galaxy schedule coming up. Uh, we talk about uh, the game against uh, Toronto coming up on Saturday. Uh, then home on Sunday. There are only three home games left, and you're going to get two of them back-to-back. Sunday, September 23rd, Seattle Sounders in town. Um, that game is at a 4 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. You have then the next Saturday, Saturday, September 29th, Vancouver Whitecaps, both Western Conference teams, both teams that are above the LA Galaxy and both need to be wins if the Galaxy have any sort of happy path to the yeah. playoffs. I'm, I'm, Listen, I sound optimistic on this. The 11% is optimistic in my yes. mind as well. So Yeah, I think there was a question uh, on Twitter that I checked before we got on here is, is this a must-win game? If, the, if they lose to Toronto, are the Galaxy out of a playoff position? <laughs> They're already out of it now. I think. I think when you go back and you look at all those missed opportunities, tie, ties that could have been wins, uh, losses that could have been ties. I think those those chances have already been squandered. So uh, I don't think whatever happens in these few games is going to be what the difference is. Even if they win these games, you still need other teams to falter. So it, it's not going to be what the Galaxy can do. It's going to be what mistakes other clubs make. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. It's going to have to. You're, listen, I've said this before. People keep 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 you know asking me if the Galaxy can make the playoffs. Yes, they can. They win all six games. They're in the playoffs. 18 points. We got it. Very well, simple. First place. Yeah, it could be first place. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that close. I mean, but you look at all those things, and that's unlikely to happen. Um, the game against Toronto is a very difficult game. You had, and let me give you the uh, the basics of this game. Again, Saturday, September 15th, 4.30 p.m. kickoff time. The LA Galaxy go traveling up to Toronto to, uh, in BMO Field. This game is a Spectrum Sportsnet, Spectrum Deportes televised game. Uh, Toronto, 7-14 and 6, 27 points. Ninth in the Eastern Conference, 19th in the Supporter Shield. The LA Galaxy 10, 10, and 8, 38 points. Eighth in the Western Conference, 13th in the Supporter Shield. Uh, Toronto's last game was a loss at home to LAFC, a 4 2 loss on September 1st. The LA Galaxy's last game, of course, was a 6 2 loss on uh, no, uh, September 1st. It's as not well. important. It feels like forever ago. It does. But you also have the stats on on what per, the likelihood of the Galaxy... Percentage of yeah. wins. So that's something that I usually check before I come on. What's the likelihood? And again, 538 is, is our, our gospel that we're, we're preaching here. Um, but looking into the game this weekend versus Toronto, Toronto has a 57% chance to win the game, a 20% chance to draw, and then the LA Galaxy have a 23% chance to win. But, so it doesn't look good. But... What happened I, last week? I went back last week. LAFC also had a 23% chance to win and they end up ended up winning that game 4 to 2. So, if you're going to disagree with 538, if they're going to be wrong, we hope they're wrong two times in a row against Toronto. Yeah, they're giving Toronto a lot of credit for a team that's in ninth, ninth. place in the in their conference and that is not having a great season. Uh, they're giving Toronto a lot of credit or they're not giving the Galaxy any credit, which maybe they've bet on them a little too much and now they're going the other direction. And then one thing that 
maybe should be considered is the Campiones Cup. Oh, yes. The, uh, Toronto FC does play... On the uh, they, 19th. Yeah, they, on, I think 19th? it's a Wednesday. It's the Wednesday after... Uh, after this Saturday's the game. The 19th. The 19th. Okay. Thank you. Yes. No, no, it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, 19th. No, it's Wednesday. Yeah, that uh, one. <laughs> so who knows if they're, because they're so far out of a playoff race and, and a supporter shield, maybe they're saving players for that or maybe they're looking ahead. They're not really worrying about this uh, LA Galaxy match. It all depends on what the lineup is going to look like for Toronto FC. I mean, they have to believe that they can still make the playoffs if they're going to start that. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. All right. Uh, David Bingham talking about the match this weekend. Uh, Everyone knows what's at stake. I think you'd have to be a fool to not understand what's on the line. We have to go there and get a result. That's all there is to it. We have to do better defensively. I don't think there's any shying away from that. I don't think we've shied away from it the entire year, but we have to do better on the defensive slide. Uh, Zlatan talking about this game, uh, talking about if the coaching change might be a distraction. And Zlatan, of course, in the most Zlatan way says, (laughs) because if you have 700 games, 499 goals. You focus only on one thing. That's playing. The, I was almost doing a Zlatan accent there. Did you hear it? I, <laughs> I started. It. I almost did. I'm not going to do it. You 499 it. goals. You focus on only one thing. That's playing the game and doing your job. I've been doing this for 25 years. Whatever happens on the side, I still have to do my thing on the pitch and I just repeat what I've been doing uh, before. Uh, play the games, create, score goals. I cannot, I cannot, be, it cannot be a distraction. Uh, you have to be mentally focused on what you need to do. For me, it's not a distraction. Uh, regarding Toronto, the last few years they've been doing very well uh this season up and down they have good players and are playing good football i think it's a big game in mls these are games we like to play for me it's a must win no problem all the bets on this one i have no problems with that yes uh let's win i'll do my best we will do our best i like the games when there are a lot of things on the table that matter this is what you train for this is what you live for this moment we don't want an an easy situation (laughs) we want it difficult because when we succeed the feeling of success is even better is that from miracle that was yeah, a, he- a heck of a monologue there. He, he is very monologue-y, <laughs> when it, but when you listen to it, it's chopped up because okay. his English is chopped yeah. up, right? But in, when, when you, you write it, it down... Yeah, that was that was impressive. I, I, I'm ready to play now. Let's start the game. Getting you all excited. Let me finish yeah. with Ashley Cole because uh, I think this is important for the Toronto game. He says, I think the way the season's gone, it's been up and down. Imagine if we had won five games, we had draws, we'd be near the top. It's not impossible, and it starts on Saturday. They're a good team, and they're fighting for a playoff position as well. So yeah, it's a must-win game for us. I mean, we go into it. It's not a must-win game. <laughs> I, I will tell you this, and this can is the, can they all be must win games and all not at the same time? Because at some point they you have to win these games, and if you look back and say if we would have won those five instead of lose those five, then we would be in, sitting pretty. So could you go back and say the well those were must win games because had they won them they'd be in playoff position. So yes, they you, are must win games. You can't you can't but technically, technically I guess not. they'll have eight, an eight percent chance after yeah. they lose this game. I mean, who knows? It depends on other <laughs> results too. What happens yes. if all the Western Conference wins and the Galaxy lose? I mean, because they're playing an Eastern well, Conference team, you don't get the boost that you get yes. by beating this. I mean, you need the points. Points take the points. Take yes. three points. You want three points. Uh, but a point doesn't kill them or knock them out. It's a point That's because the purgatory I, that I'm afraid is, of. It's horrible. <laughs> It is. It's just it, kill. Yeah, give me the sweet release of death, or or, or or take me home. This this drawing your way to an elimination is is brutal. It, it feels that way, and I get it, and I know that, and it's one of those. Here's the problem with the must win games. It's a must win game. Yeah. Okay, what happens when you lose? Then you got the next then this one's, one's a must win game. game, right? I mean, and that's a fine. That's fine to have the attitude for the players. I understand it, and it makes sense. And if I'm a player, I'm saying it's must win game. You, you have to put that pressure on yourself to perform. Absolutely, and everybody. Dom was talking about how there needs to be pressure. They're professional soccer players. You have pressure every time you get on the field. That should be what you're looking at. Now, injury wise, there are some interesting injuries that we still have to pay attention to. Sebastian Legette is still questionable. Don't know if he traveled yet or not. Giovanni Dos Santos questionable. Don't know if he traveled yet or not. 
Uh, Rolf Felcher, who told people he was injured, but maybe isn't injured, and hopefully he'll be available <laughs> for this game. Don't know if he traveled yet or not. So those are sort of your injuries when you sit there. Um, you know, you know. Does it mean Michael Ciani starts? I mean, and I think Mike, he, he's going to start in regardless. I, I think he's a staple. I think you ride him out. I you you ride him into the sunset. You ride him into Thank the sunset. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, you know what does Dom do? I mean, Dominic Kinnear is a four four two guy. Does he change the formation? Does he change the formation? Do you do that? Do you put four back there? Do you put four in the midfield? And then you have to look at how how Toronto plays as well because t- Toronto have played in a four three three. And so if you do switch to a 4-4-2, you're leaving your shaky defense, you know, with four guys back there instead of five, five even though it's, five. it's never even though five. it's three, it's, four. it's three, even though it's four, even though it's really three, you know, center backs and then Ashley Cole, whatever you want to. And Rolf Felcher, yeah, and Rolf, if, he's healthy, if yeah. he's healthy. But but that you have to consider that as well. Is he going to adjust to what Toronto is doing or is he going to come in with his own focus and let's execute our focus? Siggy said in the Cartlyle piece that they were going to go very defensive. Did you read that? He's, I did. He said, he goes, oh, it'll be interesting. I think Dom has the tools to make a run and he can do it. He goes, but it would be interesting to see how they play because we were going to go very defensive. Okay. With all the offensive talent we have, let's go defensive. Let's go defensive. That has been an argument. That's almost why you're like, Siggy, see ya. Have a nice day. You know, I get it. Um, But I also don't... If you're bleeding goals... Just throw all the bodies. Get everybody in front of it. Just do a 10, you know, a 9 and 1. Just 9 defenders and Zlatan up front. I'll tell you this. Last season was boring and disgusting and really hard to watch. This year, it is exciting every time. I don't care. Even when they lose 6-2. It's, the, it's it, the train is crashing. You know, you, you can't look away, but you're, you you need to watch it. You never know. What was that horrible movie that was about snakes, the train? Or wasn't no. there Snakes on a Plane? Yes, there's Snakes on a Plane, but there was one about a train with Denzel Washington. Oh, yes, yes. And that's a horrible movie, too. And the whole time this <laughs> but train But it has Denzel like, Washington, <laughs> and there's a train that's going to crash. You're in. I'm yeah, in. <laughs> it was like... It doesn't have to be good. You have Zlatan. Yes, the I, train's crashing. I'm in. I'm watching. I'm watching. I want to see what happens. And yes. that train keeps just barely escaping things every <laughs> yes, single time. Chris, Chris Pine is in that. <laughs> see? We, that's I, a great I, I watched movie. it. Yeah. I watched it multiple <laughs> it, times. It, it, it is a me. horrible movie. Yes. But yes, I watch it. If it's on TV, I watch it. Yes. It will be one of those. So Unstoppable, is that the name of it? That sounds right, yes. I think that yes. it had something really, yes, Kudos thank you. to you, chat, thank room. You, chat thank room. Thank you. That's why you're here. What a what a horrible movie. But Denzel. But Denzel and, and the premise, Pine. a great and, premise. The premise is there. I like it. I like a train yeah, crash. The LA Galaxy are built on a great premise. The, the okay, so poor, if, poor screenplay, but a great premise. If the LA Galaxy were that movie at the end where the train is dangling on the bridge and and it somehow it slows down just enough in just enough time to not spill the dangerous chemicals all over the town <laughs> that somehow has Again, this turning bridge. Great, great on premise. It. <laughs> Great premise. If, if this was that in the final scene, there this train goes off the tracks and destroys the entire town, kills yeah, everybody. There. It's it's yeah. The, what's the the Planet of the Apes? Is that two or three where just the world just the ends world and ends. that's it? Yeah. It's over. Yeah, that that could be. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So that's that's what the happens. Darkest in that movie. timeline. Great, great. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> we're really glad we it. went through all this stuff. <laughs> I hope everybody had fun. A, a quick so reminder. Predictions. Uh, do you uh, a draw? I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> I think we want a win so bad. I, I, I it, it this is a cloud, terrible it thing. It clouds to say. your judgment. It clouds your judgment because you want to win so bad, but at the same time, Toronto has a lot of talent on that team. Everyone, you know, talks about Giovinco, but you look at Osorio; he's having a great season. He's he's a nice young player, and Altidore is always dangerous. I I don't picture them winning. I I, I can see them losing this game three one. Zlatan sitting on four ninety nine gets the one goal in Toronto away from. It's just the ultimate misery misery tour. And right now, you know, to be honest, that's kind of what the Galaxy deserve. LA Galaxy have not beaten Toronto since July 4th of 2015. Yeah, a a tough 4 ask. nothing win. Crossing, not just crossing the current, crossing international borders. 
in Toronto. Uh, Galaxy are one, two, and four. Yeah, not good. See, it's not promising. History is not on our side here. Galaxy are winless in six games. Toronto has one game, one win in their last six games. That's that's really the streaks that you have going there. Um, yeah, I mean, Sebastian Giovinco is a great player. Josie Altidore is a great player. Michael Bradley is a great player. They haven't shown a lot this year. Sebastian Giovinco only has 10 goals this season. He also has 14 assists. I mean, he's still been really good. Yeah. And who do the Galaxy have that's going to match him? Who? Tell me. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. You look at uh, the players that we just mentioned, Osorio and, and uh, Bradley and, and, uh, and Giovinco. What, what do they do well? They go down the middle of the field. And what do the Galaxy not do well? Stop people Stop from going, people down, going down, middle, down the middle of the field. field. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, if we shook our magic eight ball here, out, outlook not so good. <laughs> we went well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so we before looked, <laughs> before we actually started recording, behind the scenes for everyone, we there. went and looked for all of the magic eight ball sayings. Yeah. And what are all the what are some so, of the bad yeah, ones? Reply hazy, try again. That's yes. what we were hoping for with yes. the Galaxy game. Uh, very doubtful. Uh, you know, concentrate and ask again. Cannot predict now. So all these uh, non-committal answers. Now I went on askeightball.net. And said, will the LA Galaxy make the playoffs? Official sponsor of the show. Buddy. Yeah, I was going to say, will the uh, ask8ball.net. Um, and it says, outlook good. Oh, wow. I know. Okay. So clearly this is a broken site. So I'd, eight I'd, ball it, says yes. Yes. <laughs> the you, two, two analysts say no. No. Yeah, you, well, you pick your poison. Yeah, that's right. We should have an eight ball pick a game every week. <laughs> I, I, that's, a great, that's a great idea. Again, then, next great year. premise. Next year. Great premise. We're going to do that. We're, we're going to see how he's going. <laughs> somebody says, uh, somebody says Zlatan is going to uh, tell Giovinco he's short. Well, uh, oh, the U.S. Mexico yeah. game. Let's not go what there. Fun was Wrap that? it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, just a quick reminder. Uh, you already know this. This is the last time I get a chance to say it. I'm wearing this ugly shirt for a reason. Uh, Pando and Pato go mini golfing. We are there. Will um, that be on uh, Spectrum Sportsnet or I, Spectrum Deportes? You know, we should get um, the sideline reporter Katie um, oh, down there, and there she, should, she should do it live Perfect. from the Panda and Pato uh, mini golf. We should have the commentators commentating mini golf. He's lining up the putt through the windmill. <laughs> um, he's got about 18 Ooh, feet. It's right breaking, off the clown shoe. Breaking left to right, and oh, we completely <laughs> missed. Anyway, we're gonna have some fun over there. So uh, come join us. I don't know what's going to be. We, again, we're not telling them we're coming. It Let's could be, flood the place. Let's flood the place. Show up. If you work at Camelot Golf, look, war, we're coming. War, warn your staff. We're coming. <laughs> A rowdy bunch is coming through. We're coming, but I'd love to see everybody there. We're just going to have some fun. So uh, show up. We're going to play some mini golf. We'll, uh, I'm sure we'll find some some little goofy things to give away and yeah. have some fun with. Sounds like a fun time. It's just We just want to say hi to everybody, and quite honestly, it was the only way my wife was going to let me play mini golf, like, you know, away from things. And I did practice. I did practice, which I talked about on the Monday show, and uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Megan Megan Riza, that's who it is. Yes. Megan. Yeah, that's Katie. What, what's wrong with me? Uh-oh. I'm sorry, Megan. Uh-oh. Uh, no disrespect, Megan. Yeah, yeah. So Megan, Megan, she's doing much better, by the way. I really like her. I think she's going to be a solid sideline reporter. Yeah. I hope they keep her keep her up. So yeah, I like her. Anyway, uh, so we'll certainly see everybody there um, again Sunday. Go to our Facebook page, or if you're listening to this podcast, there's a link at the top, because I'm going to put it there, um, that you can click on that, and you can go ahead and uh, sign up for the event and just say that you're coming. So that's it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And, of course, I will be overly competitive, ridiculously <laughs> competitive because it's mini golf. That's the only way to do mini I almost golf, punched, to be fair. I almost punched my own son on, on last <laughs> Sunday because because he's seven years old. and you're, you're saying you're being recorded, Josh. Be I know, very careful. But you know what? He deserved it, all right? I'm just going to say that he was... He, you don't rob a hole in one and get away with it. Yeah, right? yeah, it was going in, and he did not need to just slap it out of the way with his putter like that. That's an illegal move, and, you know, he needs to be taught a lesson. If there Perfect. was an enforcer, on somebody would have checked him in the boards. Nice. All right? 
cleats up tackle. He, <laughs> Nig- he and he would have deserved Deong, it. Yeah, yeah. he would have deserved it. He would have deserved it. So absolutely. All right. So again, uh, you can join us out there. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that you want to get to, or are we are we good? I think we're ready to roll. I think uh, we've done enough. We've uh, done our job here. We, maybe, <laughs> kind of. We we kind of th- t- yeah. threw the towel in on this one. I mean, that, that's let's be honest. Let's let's put the blame where uh, the blame is. All right, tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at gis hammer. You can also hear me on the Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. It also is football season. The Rams are back, so you could also listen to the Rams House. It's another podcast focusing solely on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find them on Twitter at the Rams House. So those are all my plugs. Follow those guys, and you can find me here. He won't be at the uh, mini golf, of course, because yeah. he bailed. And again, it's been my last show. Was gonna come, (laughs) decided not to. All right. Uh, Anyway, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, at Galaxy Podcasts, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, you can find at this podcast if you click on this all the details for the uh, for the mini golf tournament we'd love to see everybody out there we're just going to go play have some fun who knows how good we'll keep score Kevin will try to cheat I'll yell at him it'll be a good time there might be a brawl who knows never know uh, alright I think that about does it uh, LA Galaxy taking on Toronto FC this Saturday September 15th Spectrum Sports and Spectrum Deportes 4.30pm kickoff time it's an early one so easy to get to uh, we'll certainly see how it all goes alright for Mr. Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent L.A. Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.